The Xbox Mega Week has come to an end with ARM, a reorg, and Microsoft dropping earnings. Happy Friday, friends. It is Friday, my friends. If you're new to the channel, new to this video, whatever, every Friday I do, a, it's like a wrap up of what's happening in the world of Microsoft, except this week it is really like nutshell crunched into a little neutron style ball of Xbox content because there is a ton of it that happened this week and there's really no other way to approach it. So uh, before we kick it off here, uh, it's not a sponsorship read because this is what I do for a living, but my company and my team and my org specifically dropped a new app called Start 11 V. It is by far, and I know it's a slightly biased opinion, the best way to customize Windows 10 and 11. So links in the description. It's what I do. Like, that's what I do on a daily basis. And so let's dive into the Xbox and Microsoft news because there is a lot going on, my friends. So kicking things off here, Microsoft dropped earnings with $56.5 billion in revenue. That is an increase of 13%. That is a very healthy number for Microsoft. Even healthier is their net income was 22 and let me say that again, $22.3 billion, an increase of 27%. That is money that goes into the bank account, the dollar dues that Microsoft can reinvest for tomorrow or do something else with, uh, like buy Activision sort of stuff. And so that is just numbers that are honestly hard to fathom. Now, uh, Windows revenue increased 5% with Windows OEMs, but here on the Xbox side, it gets a little interesting. Xbox content and services revenue, which I might remind you, is a thing that Microsoft says, hey, judge us on this, was up 13%, up 13%. Now, on the revenue side, on the revenue, on the hardware revenue side, it was actually down about 7%. Now, keep in mind, this is comparing to same quarter, but last year. That's like that's really kind of to be expected. First off, we've seen a little bit of price kind of clipping a little bit, maybe a little bit, not a lot, but obviously a year later, they're not going to be selling the same number of consoles at the same price point. So you kind of expect that. Now we'll see what happens here in the holiday shopping season if they do slash any pricing at all, although we're not expecting it really on the Series X, maybe on the S. We will find out. We'll really find out. There has been a ton of gaming content, and so during the earnings call, and actually during interviews this week, Satya Nadella, the CEO, put out just a lot of different statements and, and talking to Insider and other companies or other publications, he said. Uh, but on the earnings call, he did say that Starfield launch generated the highest single-day ad of Game Pass subscribers in the history of the service. That is good news for Microsoft on just multiple fronts. Because Microsoft just added $70 billion worth of Activision and Blizzard content. It's like, hey, you put new IP in there, big, like big publication IP, you're going to get a big growth. So now Microsoft has better mapping of like, okay, if we drop Call of Duty on day one, what's actually going to happen? They can kind of map it to the Starfield success. Now, I say Starfield success because we don't actually know what that number is at the end of the day. If it's like, hey, they added 12,000, that's not really good numbers. But if they added... I don't know, 300,000 in a single day, maybe that is really good news. So Microsoft, again, they like to hide behind these numbers, but whatever, Starfield did good. And you got to latch onto that because Xbox needs all the wins that it can get. And that is certainly one. Uh, Microsoft also said that after the Activision acquisition, I'd chuckle because this is crazy, that Microsoft has 13 different video game franchises worth $1 billion or more. Now, how they evaluate them uh, and give them, assign them valuation like that is is a bit subjective. But either way, that's still 13 different game franchises worth a $1 billion or more. There's just tons of other things that are going on here. So we also learned this week that Sachin Nadella's compensation is once again tied to Xbox, not 
surprising. They did change the metric a little bit. It's not tied now to strictly Game Pass growth. And get, again, it is being replaced with the broader Xbox and content and services revenue growth goal. So uh, it's a 0.7% target, and, and they're trying to, I should say, 0.7% growth, and they're targeting 4.4%. So also, Sachin Dadella said this week, uh, this is on the interview side, he said, the way games are made, the way games are delivered is changing radically, whether it is mobile or consoles or PCs or even cloud. Uh, we're looking forward to really doubling down both as a game producer and as a publisher. So those are just sort of the, the sort of Microsoft on the, the gaming side. Now, the interesting thing, too, also on the mobile gaming side, I believe that it's north of 40 million people have signed up writing for, I think it's Call of Duty Mobile Warzone, uh, the next iteration of that. So it's like Microsoft overnight by acquiring Activision has become a, a gaming juggernaut with the 13 brands or 13 titles or entities worth more than a billion dollars. Also some big things on the mobile side. And so suddenly it's like Microsoft's a massive gaming company. Not that that's like, that's the least of things we should expect. They spent nearly $70 billion. They freaking better be at the end of the day. So uh, other big things now this one is super a super big deal so back when some of that ftc stuff uh, leaked out accidentally of course but it's legitimate there was conversations about some of the documentation that microsoft's next all xbox console could have an arm cpu this is a super interesting change because microsoft right now is pretty much tied to x86 or like the the intel and amds of the world however my friends however so to keep this little nugget in in the front of your brain this week, it also came out in a Reuters report, which I can independently confirm is accurate. Uh, AMD is planning to make chips for PCs with ARM technology. Now, NVIDIA is also doing this. But when you know that AMD is a partner of Microsoft, right, when it comes to Xbox or the Xbox hardware partner, and Microsoft might be going ARM, and then news comes out that AMD is, in fact, building ARM chips for the PC... It just kind of, like, it just seems like the stars are aligning. Like, okay, maybe this is the path they're going to take. It doesn't necessarily mean that Xbox is going to absolutely go and go ARM, but it they are considering it. And who knows? Like, it's it's I think it's better than a coincidental chance that this news came out. Now, the, not necessarily the news that Microsoft is going to, uh, or that AMD and NVIDIA are going to challenge Qualcomm in the Windows on ARM space. But I think that these things have came out, this news came out so close together. It just kind of makes you wonder. Now, there are things to consider. What about backwards compatibility? That is a very real thing. And Microsoft obviously has made a very big name for itself with this generation specifically. The backwards compatibility is a very big deal. And obviously, they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot with a day one release. And it's like, oh, yeah, none of your backwards compatible games actually work. So keep you know we don't we don't have all the answers but we do know that microsoft is what i think targeting 2028 and it might be arm and so you know sort of the things are aligning on that now you might say brad that's enough news of the week but it's not even close it's not even close to some of the biggest news this my friends right here is the big news of i, I think the week right rather than earnings is that microsoft announced today that there's some a, a big executive shuffle. So Chris Capicella, who I've known very well uh, for many years, he's been at Microsoft for 30 plus years, is leaving the company, retiring. I assume he's retiring, right? He worked somewhere for 30 plus years, especially at Microsoft, right? You're not working for the paycheck. Uh, he's retiring or just leaving the company. And so 
the whole sort of marketing side and then you bring Activision slammed in and there's being a reorganization about how the company is specifically in this case how Xbox is being led so Matt Booty is going to be leading uh, Xbox Game Studio and he is now going to be coming the president of game content and studios he will oversee ZeniMax and Bethesda games uh, and, and so even though ZeniMax will continue to operate as a limited sort of integration entity led by I think it's Jamie Leader uh, the president and CEO will be reporting to Matt. So Microsoft, remember there were some weird like shenanigans like how Microsoft maybe said, maybe these companies are running a little too separately or independent or they need more oversight. I'm not quite sure, but either way, at the end of the day, they're still Microsoft entities and they're going to have to report up through the structure. Uh, so yeah. And then Sarah Bond, who you, who's become more prominent, was also in the FTC trials and all that, is be, uh, becoming the corporate vice president of Xbox. And so yeah, she got a nice promotion out of that. And uh, Spencer said she's now responsible for bringing together devices, player, creator experiences, platform engineering, strategy, business planning, and analytics, and business development. So uh, just a reshuffling there. And um, Chris Capicella is obviously being replaced internally. And he was the CMO, if you are not familiar. So that is that is a pretty significant change right as Microsoft is, is working to absorb Activision, which probably isn't, I don't think, fully mapped. And in fact, Microsoft or Phil Spencer did a, a, a worldwide tour, I'm guessing is the appropriate way to describe it, of all the different entities are not, that are now reporting up to him. And there's a lot of social media pictures and blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, uh, that is going along whatever um, happening too. And so uh, there might be further changes, but at least as of right now, this is the structure that Microsoft is approaching. So if that wasn't enough, uh, Microsoft also announced this week for Xbox that the October update is rolling out. So there's now keyboard mapping for controllers. So you can kind of see on the screen here if you're on the video side, uh, how that is laid out. There's also easily, you can now easily import uh, game captures edit into ClipChamp. Now, ClipChamp is the uh, quasi-cloud-based video editor that Microsoft acquired, uh, oh gosh, I want to say like last month, but I think it's been a couple years at this point. And you can also now choose your preferences to share opt optional dial diagnostic data and more with the greater Microsoft org if you uh, so care to do so. So those are the big, like that's like that's a single week of news for xbox which is just a it's not an unhealthy amount but it's just a significant amount of news so uh now we're kind of pivoting gears here over to what i consider my favorite part of the week which is the q a session so every week i tweet out uh, or x out whatever you want to call it on, on that site uh, a link where you can drop questions and i'll try to do my best to dodge them and not actually answer them but here we go uh, I think Mr. PK has got a couple in, but his first question is, he says, I, oh, he's leading right into my career. Mr. PKI says, I saw Start 11 was on sale, but I also heard on First Ring Daily might charge extra for a big update. Should I wait before buying a license for my next computer? So yeah, so we dropped Start 11 V2, which has just tons of information, tons of information, tons of features in it. And this is me on my, on my sales soapbox because I love this thing. Like, obviously I helped design it, help implement it. I, we have an engineering team who built it and we did all the testing and validation and all that fun stuff. And so it allows you to replace your start menu with lots of fun stuff. Uh, one of the crazy things that we have working now, which here's, here's a scenario that we've solved. In Windows today, doesn't matter the version, everything you do goes into the downloads folder. If you're in Teams and you click download, it goes into the downloads folder. If you're in Edge or Chrome and you click download, where does it go? Into the downloads folder. If you download anything, it goes into the downloads folder. How do you get to the downloads folder? 
Well, you got to open File Explorer, find the downloads folder, and then open it. And you're like, that's not that big of a deal. But you know what we've implemented with Start 11 V12? You can pin your download folder to the taskbar and you click it. You can click it and it, all your downloads will then pop up in a little menu. And you never have to open File Explorer. I love it. it it's, you know, I'm, I know I'm biased, I, my, but like you don't have to use File Explorer. You just click downloads and it's right there why can't you access all your files from the taskbar that's what we solved that's what we were trying to solve that's what we did so uh you can buy that now and so if you have start 11 v1 uh it's a four dollar upgrade it's four bucks and it's a lifetime license and i don't know if some people get real bent out of shape that it's a four dollar upgrade uh the options realistically and on the candidly our options were we can build all the things we want to build into start 11 and make windows better or do nothing because if you if you're spending engineering hours for like six months i mean it's been a while like you got to justify that and um four dollars it's four dollars so you know i don't know four dollars makes you whatever it's four ducks sydney 2k says happy weekend brad happy weekend to you sydney 2k a thought experiment i was just reading an interesting article on the bbc future website about how microsoft word influences the language you use today my question to you how ooh Ooh, how has the use of Windows affected society and culture today? Uh, probably in a lot of ways most of us don't think about, right? Like you think about things like the start menu, right? How do we're all accustomed to start menu? We're all accustomed to things like Control C is universally known as copy, Control Paste, like paste, and that sort of thing. Left click, right click. And you can't necessarily say all of that is related to Windows, but for many of us, like myself, I grew up on Windows, knowing that an X on a window means to close it, a little line means to shrink it down. That's a, a sort of universally now understood it's not always tied to windows but that's how it's sort of function um i think just using things like a desktop in itself i think like on a, a windows thing has uh, encroached on the vernacular right and so it's a really wonderful question i'm probably not even appropriately touching how how deep this could this rabbit hole could actually go i'm trying to think of other examples that refer to things in windows that are sort of ubiquitous anymore right start menu sort of taskbar windows itself right like an actual window on the thing refer to it as a window now there's probably predecessors to that os2 might uh, have some there's probably somebody out there with os2 say brad you are so wrong this is all os2 and ibm and you might be right i'm not disagreeing that uh windows was the first company to ever do a window um i, I, don't, I don't know if xerox actually had it back in the day and somebody will hopefully educate me on the difference but it's a good question all right brother nod says i took 10 photos i'd like to make into one of the children's books for my kid are you aware of any ai that could easily edit them cohesively chat gpt won't do it um the question becomes are you are you looking to just like throw them together and have them automatically created uh, google photos has a feature but i don't think it's going to do what you're going to do so to answer your question no i actually don't know of an ai tool that will automatically throw them in and edit them in a smart way the problem is it, like you can do it one by one that is that is a known quantity like you can remove backgrounds and that sort of stuff however to do 10 at once i don't know you could probably set up a python script to feed it into an api like that removes the background or whatever you're trying to do it's one of those things it's like what are you trying to edit are you trying to edit people out of them see now that would be actually interesting if there was an api it's like remove all the people uh and then it removes all of what is it determines is not the main character there you go hmm. 
I don't know if ChatGPT doesn't do that. I don't know how to write the scripting to ingest that stuff, but uh, interesting. Interesting. Good question. Let me know if you find the answer to that one. Will says, now that the Activision deal is complete and 343 Halo franchise has taken a hit, curious what you think will be the next the big name games that Xbox will have going forward. Is the Halo universe going to be taking a backseat to the other big name franchises? So it's a good question, right? Halo has, Microsoft has tried to put Halo into the spotlight. I don't think Halo is going away. Someone's going to interpret this and saying, Brad says that Halo is dead. That is not what I'm saying. But Microsoft threw hundreds of millions of dollars at Halo Infinite, and we know where it all landed. Now that Call of Duty is like walking right on in to the Xbox Studios, is Halo going to get knocked off its perch a little bit? I absolutely think that it will, right? Call of Duty is a premier premium title that generates billions of dollars in revenue. Things that Halo cannot currently do can be done with that type of a title. And I definitely think it will be pushed down a, you know, a little bit on the list of Microsoft's priorities in terms of Halo is the only hero title that is no longer true for Microsoft. Mr. PKI says, with his second question of the week, what is your take on the Xbox and marketing reorgs? It seems like everyone is either a president or EVP or uh, CVP is no longer adequate. There's definitely been title inflation at Microsoft. They've really elevated people who were like previous senior roles. They were either, uh, they're now getting promoted to like presidential titles. And so Microsoft is really, remember back during when everyone, uh, during the pandemic, there were, and like after that, there was a lot of, the hiring was tough. And so people were leaving because they were going to get paid more money. So Microsoft was really inflating titles. And now to Mr. PKI's point, like everybody, there, there's way more CVPs. CVP used to be like the top dog, right? If you were a CVP, that was a big deal. And now it's been declassified a bit because so many people are now in that rank, which means it has less value, right? And so, yeah, uh, it's interesting because this Mr. PKI's question ties into uh, Ian's question. The next one says, thoughts on Chris Capicella leaving Microsoft after 31 years with Panos leaving recently too. So these are some really big names that have been leaving Microsoft, right? Panos and Chris are very well-known entities, especially for people in the Microsoft crowd. Not everyone may know Chris, but a lot of people know Panos for sure. And Chris and Panos were always at every single Microsoft event. They were always, they're always walking around. Chris is such a nice and jolly guy. I really liked Chris Capicella uh, over the years. However, you can't like look at these things in isolation with Panos leaving. Now, Panos did go to Amazon, so maybe that wasn't like being pushed out. But if you if you kind of bring this all together, um, Sachin Adela in his interview where uh, he talked about Nokia and a lot of people latched onto that, but he went back to say there was actually a, a statement about how personnel have been some of his biggest regrets, like things that he missed on. And so like you take that and like all these people are leaving high high level people and Panos and, and Chris going out. I don't think Chris or Panos, I don't know. It's hard to say if we thought they got pushed out. Chris being there 30 years you know, nobody really knows except for Chris Capicella. And so I hope that he left under his own accord. I mean, Microsoft did $53 billion in revenue. If you're leading marketing and Microsoft's doing that well, it's hard to think that he was pushed out. I don't know. Uh, we'll see where Chris lands. That, that'll that be an interesting one to watch. So I don't know. We will see. Like super crazy week. Microsoft has just been like banging out the news headlines with all their FTC, Xbox, and everything else. And so... Here we are, my friends. Here we are. I don't know. Wrapping it up. I hope, I, I just hope everybody had a good week. I hope you guys are enjoying life and that things are good. I'm not trying to be overly like optimistic or whatever. Just, I don't know. You know, it's just been a good week. Make sure to keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me.